From our headquarters in New York City, this is Business of Home. I'm your host, Dennis Scully. Every week, I'll be talking to leaders and innovators from all corners of the home industry. I hope you'll join me. Hi, I'm Caitlin Peterson, Editor-in-Chief of Business of Home. Our newest print issue is available now and offers the design industry a roadmap to the future of retail. Find out how brands like Ballard, One Kings Lane, and The Shade Store are innovating to stay ahead, what it takes to design a successful storefront, and what RH's chairman and CEO Gary Friedman has to say about the road to retail success. Subscribe today at businessofhome.com slash subscribe to access the entire issue online. That's businessofhome.com slash subscribe. And now, on with the show. Since founding Pinecone Hill in 1994, Annie Selke has abided by the credo of do the right thing and the money will follow. Her empire has since expanded to include rug manufacturer Dash and Albert, some 200 employees, and more than 3,000 wholesale partners worldwide. Yet the People First policy hasn't changed. I sat down with Annie shortly after her sales team retreat to learn more about her company's culture, from its creative rewards program for wholesalers to the $20,000 bonus offered to longtime employees, as well as the strategic moves and partnerships that have been instrumental to the company's growth. So you went to the University of Vermont. Groovy UV. Right. Yep. Okay. Had a fantastic time, no, Had no doubt. Had a fantastic time. Pretty um, fun school. Pretty fun school. I learned how to hold my liquor. Okay. Yeah, important Excellent. skill that Very comes important. in handy yeah. often. Uh-huh. Um, and I went, spent my junior year at FIT okay. in New York. Um, but I majored in textile science, mm-hmm. and I took a lot of art history. I took history of costume. You know, it all, when you look back... It makes perfect right. sense because sure. I was addicted to textiles from when I was little, like just scraps of things. My mother said, "You're such a pack rat." You just, so you were just grabbing all of these things. I, and I it's like oh, pretty thing, like pretty thing, like oh, right. there's that. I like that. I like. Okay. I don't know why, you okay. know, but I was just very acquisitive that way for pattern and color. Got it. And then I would play store, you know. And I, I look back at this, I'm like, Annie, what were you doing? So I'd go to my mother's closet, usually take like an Hermes scarf and a few other things, okay. come, come back to my room, merchandise them. And so I was the merchant and the salesperson and the buyer. So I played every role. Fantastic. And I loved doing the box with the tissue. And you know, you fold the tissue a little bit in half to sure. do it properly, you know, that whole thing. So, so I would go through this. So you a, knew all of this from a young age. I did because, you know, again, you don't know it, what your superpowers are until you look back and you're like, okay, not everybody is this way. Right. So I'm very observant, very visual. Okay. And so, okay. oh, that's how they do it at Saks. I, I think I'll do it myself. Well, that's an eight-year-old. <laughs> Let me and, prepare right. this for you and with a ribbon. And yeah, no, it's pretty funny. Well, so, and then funny enough, you actually go through the Saks training, training program. program right? Exactly. Which, yeah. which was a fantastic program. Amazing. Amazing. And learning not what you think you're going to learn, but right. the experiences you have were kind of mind-blowing I don't know if I told <laughs> so what did you end up learning at Saks well that you didn't realize you were going to learn there are a couple things but the we um one is that you don't go to school in Saks the building you it's in the meatpacking district that was a little bit of a disappointment okay but then then okay. they put you in the store right. for a month uh-huh. so the thing right. that Saks did teach me they have this whole you know dedication to quality and service mm-hmm. they also know who their best customer was she died while we were in the training programs so it is like those remember those green um 
sprocket feed reports oh, sure, that were right. like this yeah, yeah. big. So they knew who they knew. their single best customer was, and she died while I was in the program. And I'm sure that's a big like, oh shit, she died. Right. Oh my god, what do we do? Because she was a really good customer, but. <laughs> So they tracked, you know, their customers very yeah. well, both from a service and, you know, financial mm-hmm. standpoint. So later you got to work with the Conrad's operation, I an did. operation I've always been impressed with. I did. I left Saks and took a job as the PR assistant with this lovely woman named Pat Grable. She was great. So I learned, A, the importance of PR, how to work with the different editors. You know, the New York Times is in there constantly, you know, cosmopolitan mag every magazine sure um and she was tremendously just a lovely lovely person and i learned a lot and then i got promoted to be a copywriter at conran's and i wrote the ads i wrote the catalog and that came really easily to me so you learned how to be a copywriter you learned you, you PR, learned pr the, from mm-hmm. from a great brand yeah. and, and then what did you do next then I went to work for a licensing company in New York as the manager of product development, really with no skill to do that, I would say. But um, I loved that job. So the company handled Versailles, Giverny, and the Museum of American Folk Art were the big properties at Got the it. time. Okay. And so we were developing products for each of those properties so for instance for the museum american folk art we did um rugs lamps calendars food takashimaya in japan was putting in a whole like american country store and they were basing it on the museum of american folk art Mm. so we would they'd fly food over for us to taste like key lime pie and pecan pie and chicken soup and sometimes it was an epic fail but it was just interesting like how what the process the iterative process of product development um did sheets and flatware um for that was for giverny Uh, but it was really 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 Interesting, uh, and another I another incredible it. training ground for it you. It was great. Yeah. It was great, but it, it sort of planted a seed in me, like, oh, I love doing that. Right. So, and, so you saw that you were energized by all these different things you've been doing, it, and it was like bringing like the frame of reference mm-hmm. that I had, and I, you know, I credit my mother for giving me a very broad frame of reference in terms of objects and furniture and rugs and quilts and that you know I spent a lot of time in antique stores as a kid with her because she was passionate about it so it brought my frame of reference to bear on Mm -hmm. like oh yeah well that looks right that doesn't look right like how to research different periods of furniture and things like that to like come up with what a line should look like so it was invaluable experience. So you go back to the Berkshires. And then went to work for Country Curtains there. Right. Okay. So. Which, which is an institution there, we, we should say. Well, it's out of business now. Yes. I but mean, at the time. Just recently. Was, yeah. Yes. But at the time, it certainly was. Mm-hmm. And it was the sort of the biggest show on the road right. locally. So I went to work for them, not at Country Curtains. I opened, I managed and bought for a store that they opened, and I did that for a couple of years. And then I had my daughter, and then decided, I was like, you know, I want to do my own thing. So crazy me, leave the job with the insurance now that you have a newborn. That seems smart. Um, But it 
I just I, I had to do it. It se- I look back on it and I think it was so foolhardy, but it was the best foolhardy decision I ever made. But you know, somebody should have probably counseled me out of that idea. <laughs> but, but thank goodness they didn't. No, they didn't. So you decided to go out on your own. You buy an industrial sewing machine. Yep, I and, do. And and tell us what happens next. So I buy the sewing machine. I tell Country Curtains I'm leaving, and they said, "What are you going to do?" And I explained, you know, what I thought I was going to do. And they said, "Oh, we'd love to buy from you." Right. Like, well, what do you want to buy from me? And they told me, and I went and looked because I still worked for them at the time at how much they were paying for it, and then I charged them ten cents less or whatever. Right. And then okay. you know, a, and a business is born. Um, <laughs> again, sort of backing into it, not building it from the bottom up but backing into like okay well i'm going to undercut and then i'll get that business and we'll figure right. it out from there yeah. well it ended up becoming pinecone linen pinecone hill fine linen right pinecone hill yeah linen. Uh-huh. and you and you so you said to country curtains i'm, I'm going out on my own uh, and and i'm going to start to make product what can i make for you Exactly. And then, so that first year, I was making mostly for them, and I set up a network of home sewers. I would cut everything myself, and I got really fast on certain aspects <laughs> of, like, the ties to something I would make. Like, like I kind of loved industrial sewing machine. It's <laughs> like driving a fast car. And... So, and then I had home sewers completed and, you know, I worked things out and they helped me figure out certain aspects of it. And then they said, Annie, you know, we want to be important, but we don't want to be your only customer. I was like, oh, okay, got it. I will go get more customers. And they said, why don't you do the New York Home Textile Show? Okay. I'll do that. And what were you showing at the time? I had, you know, all kinds of things, but pillows, window you know curtains some bedding like duvet and so there was a bed and pillows mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all of that and i had sent out i spray painted pine cones and did a little press release with nice ribbon and wrapped it in a nice box and sent it to the people i right. wanted to have come visit me at the show and it worked um a bunch of people came and garnet hill came and he said annie i have your pine cone <laughs> on my bulletin board love it and your PR skills paid off. They definitely did, right? Because right? it got someone's attention. Exactly. And Garnet Hill is exactly... They were the one I wanted. Yes. I was like, yes, winning at life. You caught the okay. whale. I caught the whale. There and the very nice whale. Right. Lovely whale. Um, and they were instrumental in helping me do a lot of things. You know, so this man named Greg Koval came to my booth and he mm-hmm. was the creative director then. And he said, okay, show me what's not here, what's under the bed. And I said, oh, I have this thing that I think you would love. And, and he did love, and it was the first product that they bought for me, and that started this relationship right. of, you know, what do you love, what do you love? And I'd always show it to him. And he's like, oh, that's great. So we had a very wonderful working relationship. And so I got to do all different kinds of things for them, and it was all private label. And so, and they loved your they loved your energy. They loved your creativity, yeah. right? And and they knew they and could that count I could get you. it done. You yeah, know that exactly. I'm industrious and I over deliver. Like that's a sort of a theme throughout my life. Like do more than they expect of you, um, and I did. Well, so in the beginning, when they sort of placed their first orders with you, did you have the capability to fulfill those orders? <laughs> Really? Probably not. No. <laughs> okay. But well, that's sort of what I'm suspecting because everything was still being done at home, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I had hired sewers and one of whom still works for me. Okay. Um, she's okay. been there, you know, 25 years now. Um, and yeah, but 
get it done right, right. just okay. get it so you were going to get do it done it took. i mean i was sewing everyone was sewing everyone was sewing to fill the order okay and then you know we grew out of people i added a garage at my house they were working in the garage so i had five sewers in the garage okay and then we really were growing out of that and my neighbors were getting mad because big trucks with fabric were coming oh, you know sure. like You're getting semis, big deliveries, and they had to course. take down the phone wires oh. to get into my house so that got it okay it wasn't being a very good neighbor right so we moved in and we ended up moving like seven times in seven years because we kept growing out got it okay the business kept expanding kept expanding um and when we moved i think it was i guess it was the first or second move this product that took off for garnet hill it was i had found this fabric which was toweling fabric linen Mm -hmm. dish toweling Mm -hmm. so it was only 18 inches wide and knowing how hard it was to like cut fabric it's kind of a pain just saying (laughs) precise and you know and it's like oh well it's pre-cut bed skirts are you know 18 inches right let's make bed skirts out of this okay and i did and i said oh it's so perfect for garnet hill this they're gonna love this and they did and i got a call from them saying annie we've got a runner meaning it was selling like it was crazy, taking off taking off okay and it, it was probably the most hectic christmas because i remember we were in there christmas eve christmas day like working right probably oh, 12 hours okay i was working wow. on the ruffler yeah Ruffle, ruffle, ruffle. <laughs> Making all those bed skirts. <laughs> Making all the bed skirts. And, you know, Barb was in there stitching them. My yeah. daughter, who's like two at the time, I'm teaching her how to like put this so, so skew label on. Some sweatshop My family was, was in there in. packing okay. boxes. It was crazy. But a good problem to have. But how, how exciting. Yeah, oh, so exciting. Right? Really, really, really exciting. And yeah, it was great. That was great. And, and you, knew you, had a, you knew you had a real business now. Yeah, and that something that I conceived of right. was so like instant hit, you yes. know, and just couldn't get enough of it. And then from there, you know, then Garnet Hill trusted me and also wanted to help. I said I'd really love to do sheets too, but sheets again, tricky. Sheets are wide goods. It's 120 right. inches sure. wide. Like you can't do that at home. <laughs> you just can't. Yeah. It's too big. It's a whole other operation. It's minimums. And I didn't really understand that business. I wanted to understand that business better. And Garnet Hill introduced me to a sheet vendor from Israel, actually, and I ended up doing a tremendous amount of business with him and through him. Um, so that was, they helped. So they get really, into that. They business. really helped you along, and, yes. and ended up being this incredibly valuable partner yes. for you. And then I started doing quilts, and they're like, "Oh, we love your quilts. We'll do that." And then okay. I had every, almost every mail order company buying buying your quilts and from your, me. And, and your bedding. Yeah. Okay. So then, it, so and then it was it, private label. Most, all you know, I wasn't again didn't need my name on it. Right. So it was all their their labels that you were putting mm-hmm. on it and but but you were the one that was designing the, the product. Yeah, designing and, it and always and, wanting to push it. So mm-hmm. I would work with the different whether it was L. Bean, Garnet Hill, Eddie Bauer, you know, Cuddle Down a Maine, a bunch of them. Like, okay, so I get your brand. Here's what I would do. Like here just not taking them out of their box, but just like pushing the limits of what would be sort of an update on right. their brand yeah. and I continued to do that um, for a number of years 
And so and how, successfully and successfully, right? So how are you how are you managing the business at this point? You don't have a business background per se. You well, I, now I feel like I've <laughs> got like four MBAs and right. then some. But at the time, how are you sort of how are you managing the growth of the of the business? It's tricky i mean you're adding people and you know capacity and it's like how you handle financing and how you handle you know getting paid for things and how you know and my husband did join me um about a year and a half into starting the business and i was like you know what i think i'm in a little bit over my head just saying because we were doing the show in new york and you know and he had always wanted to run a small business so, you know, it was sort of a natural, you know, he was good, better at operations mm-hmm. than I okay. did. What was he doing design. at the time? He was working as a broker. He worked for Smith Barney. Okay. So, okay. So he was the stockbroker. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he had worked in New York for years and years, and that's what he was doing up there. Um, but he hated it. But he, he hated really, it. really, really hated it. Okay. Um, and I was like, honey, like, I would rather you flip burgers. Right then come home hating what you're doing every day because life is too short to have that approach so come help me and my come help me successful vetting business and it was really taking off yeah it was exciting yeah it was very exciting okay so so today everyone talks about scaling right so how you were scaling this business so you had to hire the people you had to figure out the accounting you had to get paid from all of these places that were buying your your product and you so you started hiring some key people Yes. I mean, you start hiring what your immediate need is, right? So you have sewers, and then if you have so many sewers. I knew immediately the second I had an employee, I was like, I'm getting a payroll service. I do not want to mess with the IRS. Good. Okay. Just like, I know what I don't know. Yep. Let's get that Mm -hmm. handled. And then mostly it was adding production people. And then when you have a lot of production people, you need like a manager of the production people. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you add people as you need them. Right. And, yeah, continue to. But now I have 221 <laughs> employees, which is kind of crazy. You start as a party of one. Right. Really remarkable. I a, think a of... business, and now you've got 220 employees. 50 of whom are in India. 50 of whom are in India, yep. yes. So, so tell me about that. When did that come into being? So we've had an Indian office for, I want to say, 12 years now. And it was the brainwave of my then-husband. We're not married anymore. Right. Um but he's, we had an agent in India. Again, one of my customers, Eddie Bauer, was a customer. He said, I said, we're going to India because I find a lot of the fabrics I'm using are from India. So mm-hmm. I think I should go to the source. And, you know, so I went and she said, oh, let's hang out. And she introduced me to our first agent. So that, right. and that was like, oh, wow, this is fabulous. And that's where I, I was looking for a specific type of boutique quilt thing found the vendor found this that was really exciting that opened up a whole other world instead of us physically making everything Mm -hmm. you know having other people make it for you to your specification which brings with it its own headaches sure but it's really pretty amazing to conceive it and say i see that and here it is it was it's i still get a kick out of that um 
I do, because you're like, cool, it was in my head, and now it's on your bed. And, and now it can be made over in India, and I've got a whole team of people who, yep. once you trained them and once you showed them what your sort of standards were, they were able to Right, to so we worked with agents, and then that can get a little tricky because you're never sure where money is changing hands and for what, and okay. if they send you bad product, and it's very expensive to get like a quilt, for instance, it cost $17 to get it, or that was way back then, but $17 to ship it from India to here. Right. Then okay. if you have a problem with it, if mm. some, if there's a hole in it, if there's something like you can't sell it, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have spent all that money to ship it here. Right. So um, we opened an office in India to do quality control. Mm-hmm. So that went through everything. So it was our employees. There were no agents right and our employees and if there was something wrong with it it was sent back to the vendor if there you know if it was good it was shipped to us so that saved a lot of time and, and effort and was that very challenging setting up an, an actual office in india and having your own employees in, in india with there there's you know there's a fair through? amount of bureaucracy sure. around it because they were a, based on a british system you know they have a parliament and all right, of that the Raj um, but we did it okay. we did it we figured it out and have the same head of office have had him for 12 years he's amazing they're part of the family um and we had a 10-year anniversary party over there it was great it was so lovely for all these people who have been with me over there for so long um and they love the company and you know they love it when we come over and they come see us and yes we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor but we'll be right back Brush up on the new rules of retail in BOH's winter issue with our first-ever retail handbook. Our experts will help you figure out whether or not venture capital is right for your business, how to master performance marketing, why in-store designers can be a game-changer for home furnishings brands, and where the biggest opportunities lie in the coming years. Don't miss out. Unlock access to the issue by subscribing at businessofhome.com slash subscribe. And now, back to the show. So people on Wall Street always say, oh, the market hates uncertainty, right? So there's all this recent volatility in the markets because, A, people were already concerned that we were perhaps approaching the end of perhaps this business cycle, right? Mm -hmm. So we've had one of the longest bull markets in in recent history, as well as one of the longest economic expansions. And so people are waiting for some shoe to to drop. And and whether it's uh, the Fed raising rates or whether it's the slowdown in China, or you can point to a whole host of issues that Mm -hmm. might turn out to be what what finally tips the scales. But then suddenly you have uh, our own administration creating all of this doubt and and confusion around, again, tariff issues, or uh, we've never had an administration that singles out particular businesses. GM announces they're closing a plant. Like you could be a victim of an angry tweet. Right. Well, that's the thing. And so it, it has left a lot of uh, businesses feeling very, very uneasy. And you're doing, you've got 50 employees in, in India, so you're doing a great deal of business in, in And we import countries. from other countries as well. Exactly. And so you're importing from, from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so you no doubt have your vendor saying, hey, what's going on in that country of, of It's yours? interesting. On my last trip to India, I said... I said, what do you guys think about what's going on in our country? And they said, 
Annie, we have enough going on here of course that we're really not paying that much attention. Yeah. I was shocked, again, right. like being so sort of self-absorbed yes. uh, that it's like, oh, my God, everybody must be watching, like, what's happening here. Right. And, frankly, they yes. have their own complete mess-ups uh, as well. Uh, uh, of so course. they they're so, following that. Yeah. So that made me feel a little better because I want us – I mean, I want to be a good global citizen. Sure. And I want, you know – any business I conduct to be of good <laughs> global citizenship. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they have other, they have their own issues. So they uh, weren't yes. focused Sa- Sadly, on it. India has quite a few issues. Yeah, at, they at, do. At the moment. They do. And, yes. And, and so does, so does that, so some, some of the issues that India is facing with their economy and, and, and with their government, does that create concerns for you having so many employees on the ground there? No. No. They have, I mean, probably more strict labor laws Mm -hmm. than we do in the United Mm -hmm. States. So my people are very, very, very protected. Um, The vendors I've been doing business with, I've been doing business with them for a very long time. We're an important, Mm -hmm. you know, customer of theirs. We have, you know, really lovely, long-standing relationships with them. So they would let us know if something really bad was happening and they do we have dialogues about a variety of things but i feel like they've got our back we've got their back and we're reasonable people like let's talk this out if there's going to be a price increase if linen the price of linen goes up x how are we going to manage that what do you want to do about it it may reduce how much linen we're buying you know they're all every situation is different Okay. But you work through it so you with feel the got, people. You've got good relationships. Excellent and, relationships. Right, and, and you'll work through it. Yeah. And as you were saying earlier, people have come to learn that they can count on you to, to deliver. Yes. And pay them. And, and, and pay them. <laughs> and, and, be a good, and be a good partner. Exactly. It also sounds like it would be difficult for a big private equity company to to step in and make an investment in your organization because they might want to get rid of much of that part of your culture. Well, what do you think? That would be it would be a bad move. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have any debt. So yeah. that's I don't need PE. Right. Um you don't need their investment. Don't need their investment. And you know, I think you want things aligned. You want like-minded you can be a kinder, gentler company. You right. can do that. You yeah. can do it. You don't have to be all things to all people. Um, and again, it's just not about the money. The money is great. Sure. That's lovely, but that's sure. never been my motivation. Ever. No, no. It it sounds like it hasn't. But I'm sure you. I'm sure you've had people approach you. Oh, constantly, who, constantly, right? Who constantly. are who are interested, and you yeah. and you sort of turn them away. You haven't taken. I I know that at one point, unfortunately, you and your husband got mm-hmm. divorced. Yep. Right, and you had to buy your husband's interest yep. out, if I recall. So I have a lovely partner. <laughs> right. Okay. So you so you brought on a, a partner. Partner, but not a PE firm. That right. Was, okay. Yeah. So this was someone who was going to help you buy out your husband's interest yep. and mm-hmm. then and, and then it's they've an made a partner? tremendous amount of money um, <laughs> they've done very well they've like, done very well okay you know really no they're like annie you're driving the bus okay right. drive the bus okay so they recognize that you knew what you were doing by this point and yeah you, and, and when i grown. don't know what i'm doing you know right. I, I added an advisory board a mm-hmm. few years ago because okay. you know it gets bigger and bigger and i know what i don't know sure and you know passion can get you pretty far but you know, you need 
advice. Like I have never done a bunch of these things that we're doing. So, and what kind of people did you bring into your advisory board? So I have um, a female CEO of big, she just actually, it's transitioned, but of a shoe brand, footwear okay. brand. Okay. And she is a tremendous operator. She's a CEO. She sold Cole Haan to Nike. Like she just has a bigger right. okay. view mm-hmm. of how things, you know, how you need to grow. And this, cause when you get to our size, the decisions you're making are bigger decisions. The investments right. are bigger investments. Yeah. Like every purchase order is, you know, like, right. you know, it's a lot of money. So yeah. you just have to have other people looking at so, it. So, and have you, have you structured it as sort of a board of directors or is it really an advisory it's board? It's an advisory board. Okay. It's an advisory board. That, that, that's consulting with you yep. and, and, and giving you advice along the along Yeah, the and way. so when I have a question, and I will always seek, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, how do you do this? How do you do this? Like, mm-hmm. I'm interested in this. Because um, I can see sort of the, always far ahead, like, oh, I want to do that. And right. then it's like, oh, you know what? I don't know how to do that. Okay. I can see it. I okay. know people do that. What yeah. are the steps to get there? And that's why I have the advisory board is to help me with those steps. With the next sort of big steps. Mm-hmm. And and do you have an idea of what some of the next big steps might be for you? Well, right now, I mean, I'm trying to, we're, you know, becoming sort of a multi-channel um, retailer. I mean, wholesale and retail and trying to figure that out okay know, so, so how, tell me how about to that. best how to best navigate that because um, two years ago we added a mail order catalog so okay. we're in the mail you know we right. still have the 4,000 wholesale accounts and then right. we have a you know rapidly growing e-commerce business and how to have all of that coexist happily where we're all you know all boats rise together instead of having channel conflict so figuring that out I mean that's really important and that's really the challenge of the day right so you want to be able to sell directly to consumers through your website and it's not to take it away from somebody else and you made that you made that (laughs) very clear right so you created the dash dollars to to compensate whoever is selling your product on the ground Mm -hmm. from wherever area that order came from, Mm -hmm. right? So you recognize that. And as you were saying earlier, these are the companies that help build your business in the first Mm -hmm. place. So you're you're always going to reward them. But at the same time, you want to be able to tell your own brand story and and have all of your product available on Mm -hmm. your own site, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and putting up a website is no small feat. Right and 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 the execution and recently you've talked about free shipping and and the issue yes. around that right yes so we are now going to be offering free shipping to the wholesale channel there okay. are some exceptions <laughs> just Got it. a few okay but okay. um yeah so but that's, that's but that's big huge yeah huge game changing but and I've wanted to do it for three years because I understand that is the pain point right. Um, and now we're, we're doing it. And what did you have to change to make that possible? Just a policy. Just decide you were going to do it. <laughs> a so, policy. so you didn't feel that you had to make some adjustment to price or you didn't have to lower your margins or I mean, what? what? I mean, it's all going to be 
okay. Like right. we had, <laughs> okay. we all, you know, we right. look at it really okay. carefully. And I, I believe, again, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Money will follow. Okay. And I am doing the right thing for that channel. That right. will engender more loyalty. I'm saying to you, guess what? I hear you. Right. You want free shipping too. Right. I'm not trying to compete with you. They'll right. buy more from me. That is my firm belief. Okay, so your so your wholesale accounts were coming to you and saying, "Listen, you're offering free shipping on your own website. Yep. Why can't mm-hmm. I have free exactly. shipping?" Exactly, and it's not. I can't say, "Oh, you're okay. crazy." I'm like, "You're right, right, and it's wrong." Right, and I will make every effort to to right that wrong. And and culturally, and the and the business landscape today is such, and whether it's Amazon that's created this or whatever it is, people just have this expectation now of free shipping, right? And, yeah, they do, and fine. Okay, great. Okay. I mean, I, I'm a, an avid Amazon shopper. Right. I won't sell to Amazon, but I'm an Amazon so, shopper. And you won't sell to Amazon, no. right? And, and no. tell me why not. And I love Amazon. No, no, no. Sure. And we're but all big shoppers. I get I, it. What they do is essentially predatory because they're not doing anything to, you know, lift the brand up. Help you build your brand. And, you know, I believe it's some crazy number of like 80% of all product searches all start Mm -hmm. on Amazon. So if you went in and said, oh, there's Joe Malone perfume, I like that. Let me see if it's available on Amazon because A, it goes right to your door, it's the next day. I also have shop at points. Love that. Um, so, <laughs> right. so, and I'm, I'm, you know, guilty of the behavior that would happen sure. if somebody's in a store and there's a rug and it's a lovely rug. Right. And if I can go on Amazon and get it, you know, with of, Amazon of Prime course. or whatever right. it is, with so all the incentives I, and yeah, right. And that is inherently like putting that store. It turns them into a showroom for Amazon, right. and they bid on your term, so they're going to buy the term Dash and Albert, right. so that they're siphoning off right. shoppers who would have been buying it from, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's from us or from a brick and mortar wholesale account. So it's just not they're not brand enhancing; mm-hmm. they're just a delivery system. Right, and so you see them as as predatory, and and you've. Yeah. I'm surely they've approached you. I'm, oh, I'm sure yeah, they would yeah, love yeah, yeah. to have all your business. All the time, all the time. Right. All the time. And you say, no, thank you. We it's say, no, thank not you. not how we're going to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We so say, no, thank you. you figured out through your own website and through your own internal operations the logistics of delivering your product. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and is most of your product in stock and ready to ship? Most of it, yeah. Okay. And we, we have, yeah, excellent, with a few exceptions, because some things sell much better than you anticipated you never right. know with the first thing you're like whoopsie right and like and, it's a good problem to have and, but and so you've had that issue recently oh, oh. right <laughs> so, we, we definitely okay yeah okay we do right now our holiday catalog is in the in the mail and it dropped i want to say maybe two weeks before thanksgiving right and we you're already sold out oh my things. god yeah of okay like a lot of the Christmas stuff, which sure. we didn't really know how much of it to buy. We don't manufacture that. We buy right. it from other okay. vendors. And you didn't know and how just, much to carry. And so it's like, gone. oh my God, the felt reindeer, gone, like completely gone. And I got this lovely. <laughs> and you didn't even get a felt reindeer, <laughs> Exactly. Right? I wanted the felt reindeer. And this yeah. woman who wanted the bottle brush trees and the multicolor, oh. she s- sends me an email. I have, it came straight to me. Her name was Edie. And she said, oh, I just want to say how much I love the brand and love, you know, everything that you do. And I really love those bottle brush trees and I couldn't get any. And I, I spoke to your customer service people who were just lovely. <laughs> they were lovely. Like the, all lovely. She was 
so everybody's Aww. lovely. And she said, I just want to, you know, put a plug in for you to order those again next year. <laughs> and so well, I, you, I Edie. emailed her right back and of I said, well, I am so sorry. And guess what? I wanted them too and I couldn't get them. <laughs> like completely not, I'm not getting them either. Yeah. So, you know, and again, it's a good problem to have, but they were gone before in a week or two weeks. Right. So who knew? Yeah. And so, you know, now we know, but it's a, Good problem right. to have. It's a good problem to have. We strive to it. be in stock. Sure. Um, and there are certain products that are just like, you, and you could sell them now and 10 years from now. And right. just like, we need to have more of it in stock. So we're constantly evaluating that process You're and figuring improving that out. it. Yeah. yeah. Always. I mean, it changes because yeah. then you have more people, you have more customers. Well, and, it, and, it, and it's interesting that catalogs have come back as such a powerful vehicle, right? Well, it's a yeah path to purchase, so they can really sort of sit and enjoy it. And, yeah. I, and I love doing it because, you know, I sold to every catalog under the sun. Sure. And Sundance and Garnet Hill. And, and, and still sell to both of them. down. And, yeah. I mean, you name yeah. it, right? And so it was really an interesting, like, again, like getting an MBA again. Like, okay, well, how do we do catalog? Right. What is our mark to make? What is going to set us apart from you know, other people. And I was delighted to get feedback from people that I'd done business with years ago at different catalogs. And they said, Annie, the catalog's great. It's fabulous. It's lovely. Aww. You did a really good job. That's so great. yeah, love that. Love so, and that. so what did you decide? How were you going to do catalog differently? Well, I mean, you want to show the whole story mm-hmm. because yes, we sell rugs, we sell bedding, but how do you put it together? And I think that's what the consumer really mm-hmm. wants help with. So it's a content thing. Um, but finishing the thought, you know, here's here's how I would do it. And I'm not saying you have to do it my way ever, but this is, you know, let me finish this thought for you and, and different themes each season and building those themes out with furniture, with accessories, things right. that we don't manufacture right. necessarily, but trying to complete the thought. Um, we've just added wallpaper, which is cool. We're adding window, also cool. So, and at what point did interior designers or, or some, some collaborators become uh, a part of the mix? And, and what led you to, to that? Like Bunny Williams, for example, who's got a beautiful collection with Dash and Albert. Mm-hmm. Tell me how that came about. So I've always been a fan of Bunny's work. I mean, she's As an icon, have, sure. amazing, yeah. right? And she was friends with my stepfather and mother. I had never met her okay but she knew she knew my parents extended family and okay. um because they were friends of sister parishes and she worked for parish hadley sure. you know, all okay. the way back okay so when i <clears throat> and we had the same still have the same pr person elizabeth absolutely Blitzer. Elizabeth I, know Blitzer. Yep. I know her well long and time she friend. said oh bunny wants to do rugs, what do you think? And I'm like, with her? Yes. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> you bet. Yes. And it was probably the quickest, easiest. It wasn't even a negotiation. It was right. just like done, 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 signed, quick, not, not painful yeah. at all. And we've we've made some beautiful rugs together and made some money together, which is great. Um, we got to shoot at her, she sold it, but the house in Punta Cana, which right. was exceptional. Yeah. And we've shot at the house in Falls Village. She's really generous with her beautiful oh, that's spaces nice. and places. Yeah. And I love her, you know, and she said, oh, you're like family. Let's just do this. So we did it. And that was, it was very 
easy continues to be easy so we have a new collection of hers coming out in january well and and she says very candidly that she only partners with people that she really likes so i mean it speaks yeah. well of, of, Ditto. of you and, you know <laughs> so i mean uh that that's obviously worked out well and i know you've got a collection with mark sykes that's mark coming up. sykes debuts in april high point okay. and then for retail it will debut in june in okay. the catalog um, and we also have a collaboration with Laura Park, who is a fine artist from sure. Charlotte, North Carolina. And I saw her work and loved it. And she had started doing her own textiles. And I saw it and I said, oh, my God, that's really, really cool. It's the thing that stopped me in my tracks at the Atlanta gift show a year or so ago. And I said, you know what? I can make her life so much easier. Like I can make the stuff better than right. she because I have more contacts and more and she's an artist she you yeah. know textiles is a whole other thing for her and I said you know what we can do this you don't have to do this but I, I I would like to offer you that opportunity and so we have a really gorgeous groundbreaking collection coming out of you know it's bedding rugs the rugs are crazy good so, so that's, that's launching in January that's really exciting yeah and, and, and tell me about this recent tile collaboration that you've got. So that sort of, like, there are people for whom, like, essentially we license them. This is the tile shop licensing me. I've done licenses got for it. furniture, okay. fabric, and for um, now tile. Mm -hmm. And they approached us. We worked with them on the Inn, 33 Main. They right. were our tile sponsor, so I got to know them. Okay. And did a beautiful job. They were really happy with how it all turned out and then they said we'd like to do a you know an any silky tile collection to adapt our textiles to tile which at first i thought huh i don't really get it and then i had a light bulb i'm like oh yes bed and bath right, right. people usually put the tile in first before they choose their bedding sure. or their rugs right so then it made perfect sense to me and then we had a great collaboration of you know i showed them things that i thought would be amazing for tile and it's like yeah i think we can do it and there was a lot of technology around how you can get a tile to look and they have texture to them they're amazing there are 200 different tiles they're beautiful 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 it, it, it looked beautiful from what i from what i've seen of the of the product and it looked like your designs translated really well really onto, well onto tile I mean, and, yeah yeah it's, it's it's great and i'm in the process i'm renovating um, a barn right now and I'm going to be using some of the Annie Selkie tile but it's it's really I've never seen anything like it and that's what you love right is something that's not like yeah. let's not make another gray tile like right. let's do, do sure. something yeah you know and it's not all it, there's some definite some color but there's also some beautiful neutrals or things that look like they were from a Tuscan farmhouse and then there's some really contemporary things yeah it's 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 a beautiful collection and they're amazing to work with so as we as we wrap up, you, you've you've talked about the incredible culture that you that you've built and the and the value system that you've put in place mm -hmm. at your organization, <clears throat> mm -hmm. and 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 that really that's your that's your great legacy. Yes. Where do those values come from for you? Who taught you that? Oh boy, I mean Barb, this woman who's worked for me for twenty five years. Right. Um, when I interviewed her, she said. Well, my last job, they weren't paying my social security and they weren't doing this. And I said, I made her a promise. And I said, Barb, I will pay you before I put food on my table. Promise from here right. to forever. Okay. And she loves to tell what that story. Sure, and course. I said, Barb, have you I ever missed a paycheck? And she said, no. And she, I mean, she's so proud of what 
the company has become. I mean, sure. she's thrilled. Um, yeah, so it's lovely to have. And then I have somebody else just had their 20th anniversary last week. I'm like, oh, my God, it keeps – everybody gets $20,000 when they hit 20 years. Is but, that right? Yeah. So – I, and because people, are, I, I don't, didn't plan like, oh, I'm going to be a you know 50 year old company. You sort right. of make it up as you go along. Like, sure. what would be the right thing to do for people who've been with me for right. five years, for 10 years, for 15 years, and 20 years? And at 10 years, we give everybody two weeks off and three thousand dollars that they can't pay a mortgage car payment nothing they have to go do something they have to use it for they have to use it well something something. that is life affirming whatever that whatever that may be one person bought a parrot one person went to paris for the first time one person got a plane for the first time um but you know it's like take the money take the time can, do that. Can I do say how much I yourself. love that one person bought a parrot? Did they, yes. Did they bring the parrot into oh, the office? Oh, we know the parrot. We know the parrot. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. And this is someone I who doesn't that. particularly like to travel, but okay. that's a life-affirming thing for her, right. like having a parrot. I mean, so cool. My mother had three parrots, so I'm all about the parrot. So you're no stranger to the no parrot No stranger community. to the parrot. Okay. Well, that, well, that's fantastic. And so this, again, speaks to the incredible culture that, that you've created at, at your mm-hmm. company. So it sounds like you have a lot of people who have stayed with you for a long time, for a long time, a really long time. And we did a workshop, God, it's like 15 years ago now, and it was a DISC, if you know what that is. It's sort of a personality testing sure. thing. Right. Which, okay. oh, my God, it was so enlightening. I wish I'd done it, like, way, way, way years back. Years ago. Okay. And I guess I always... Again, I don't want to be like selfish about it, but I sort of see the world through my lens. And doing that, it mm-hmm. made me realize, like, oh my God, everybody has a different lens. Sure. Like, not everybody wants to be promoted. They right. don't. Right. I assume they do, but they don't. Sure. You know, no, no, no. I've come up against that. And what I recognized going through this was I wanted people to like wear a hat with what they are. Like, they're a, you know, a DI or yes. an SC or a right. DC and what that meant and what their personalities were and going through it. And the woman handed me back my, the facilitator and she's like, Annie, you have the right job. You're a hundred percent D and a hundred percent I. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, good. I'm glad I'm doing the right thing. But understanding how different people want to be spoken to, what, what they want. I mean, it was sure. so enlightening. It, it changed the way... It really the course of the business for me, um, and now anybody we hire does a disc, and you would have so, access. and, and, and explain for our and, listeners who might not be familiar, just briefly explain the the disc uh, program and what it teaches you. And it teaches you about how you handle anything, right? So um, dominance. What is it? D I S C. S is steady, C is conscientious, dominant influencer, right. I is influencer, right. and what sort of quadrant, how you break up, and how this person likes, to, what's the best way to deliver information to that person? What's the best way to get information from that person? What's, you know, here's their makeup. Exactly. So it, it not only goes into people's personalities, but it also sort of educates you about them. how these different personalities hear things yes. and how they can best be instructed and how you can best partner with and them. And giving everybody be like oh wow you're a di well i'm an sc like we're different right and i this it's not just my way it's everybody's way and it takes every type to make an organization 
move forward and it's that's great. it's so interesting and so i you know the last time i did it might have been a year and a half or two years ago my d and my i are lower now because i have more people you know i've spread right. more of my okay. yes my d and my i <laughs> out <laughs> okay. right so i have other d's and other i's who are you know who can who can who, dominate for you yes yes exactly right yeah. So that's been really, really interesting. And what it taught me was that people, so somebody may want to be promoted, but somebody else in the warehouse, when I tried to promote, he's like, Andy, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the boss of my friends. And I said, you're really good at yeah. this. You will excel at this. And wouldn't you rather your friends had someone like you as their mm-hmm. boss than somebody who might come in off the street? So like cajoling people into these roles. Right. And But when you find out what they love, about mm-hmm. the job, it's not necessarily advancement. We have cookouts every Friday in the summer. We have Easter egg hunts. We have bowling. We have, you know, we do all these other things to create community. And people come there every day and are really happy to be there. I mean, it's a self-selecting group. We have a lot of people who are, you know, brothers and sisters work there, husbands and wives work there, you know, cousins, like a lot of people. It's It's a lot of... So you have a lot of internal referrals, yes. right? Yes. And you have a lot of people who have brought many people onto the organization. Yes. And you've kind of created this sort of summer camp-like atmosphere at the place, right? I mean, there's I mean, cookouts. Yeah. There. Do you sing Kumbaya? We, do you, we, I mean, are there... We do karaoke, I yeah. will say. And, you know, at the Christmas party, which is coming up this week, it's on Friday, and... You know, people, I get up and talk, and I always get verklempt, and, you know, I I can't help it because it's so personal. It's so personal, and I'm deeply grateful to all of them, like, every day for what they do. They make this possible. You can't, you know, do what we do without having someone packing a box and shipping a box and caring about the box, getting there, and, you know, all of it. Like, every step of the way, has you have to be invested in it. Um, And my people are, and it's because we give back to them you yeah. know like let's make your world as great as it can be um that's sort of my mission that's what my eulogy is i don't care about the money <laughs> I really okay don't. okay i really don't like if everybody could create sort of and i don't want to call it a utopian society because it's not that but but a community you know where you take care of your people you pay their health insurance you give them a 40, 401k you do you mean and you create ways in which they can you know cross pollinate you know warehouse and offices and that's why we do all these other events so that people know each other in the building you know we have an excellent wellness program we have a great fitness center we i mean smoking cessation weight watcher you name it we do it so you're so you're helping your staff in all sorts of ways and and this is what you found has helped to make your business so successful yeah and and tremendous loyalty i mean these people yeah they don't yeah. They don't leave, you know. So, right. and that helps an organization. They have the DNA of the company and how you, because you know, with two hundred and one people, like I can't be in every situation all the time. I have to trust that people that I've worked closely with and now who are working closely with them have the DNA of the brand and how we treat people. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for making the time to come and thank see us. Thank you. I've, I've really enjoyed getting to speak with you. My guest has been Annie Selke, founder and CEO of Annie Selke Companies. Thank you again for joining us. The show is Business of Home, and I'm Dennis Scully. If you like what you hear, please feel free to subscribe, 
tell a friend about the show, and most of all, leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you again to our sponsor and our producers. You can find us at businessofhome.com or on Facebook or Instagram. We'll see you next week.